Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Park. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Verses 41 through 52, Luke chapter 2. Then looking in the Word of God in the book of Psalms, Psalm 1 beginning at verse 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chafe scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Verses 1 through 6, all of Psalm 1. Thank you once again, Father, for your precious and powerful and an anointed word. Thank you for the grace, the wisdom, the power, and the strength that's found in your word. And thank you for the opportunity for us to spend time with you in your word one-on-one -on -one every day as we simply open, read, and meditate on your precious and powerful word. Lord, more and more, help us to become the diligent students of your word that you would you've called us to be. Help us to grow an understanding of the tremendous benefit and blessings that come from daily opening your word and spending time with you as you speak words of life, blessing, strength, and encouragement to us. And help us to be wise enough not only to fill our hearts and our minds with your word every day, but help us as parents and grandparents to be wise enough to teach and train our children to fill their hearts and their minds with your word as well. And thank you, Lord, for this Christmas season. 
Thank you for the opportunity for us to spend time reading and meditating on the Christmas narrative specifically as they speak of true, wonderful, and blessed stories that tell of the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into the world. More and more, help us to recognize what a wonderful and blessed message it is and help us to make the time to spend time reading and meditating on them and growing in the midst of doing just that. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Isaac Jackson. Isaac is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for these moments, and thank you so much for all you've done. Thank you so much for the Christmas season and that we can uh, join together in celebrating Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Father, uh, we are so excited for him to come again. And, Father, I ask you to grow us in maturity and in walking with you every day um, as we as we seek to, to, to share the gospel, Father, and as we um, seek to, to spend more time contemplating the reality that you love us so much that you came down to love us first. In your holy name, amen. 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 And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Father, thank you for the Christmas season. Thank you for the many ways that the Christmas season is a special time of year in so many ways. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have in a unique way to share the gospel during this season and find people often open in a way that they might not be during other times of the year. Father, help us to maximize our time during this Christmas season. Help us to be fruitful vessels that shine for Jesus everywhere we go. Help us to shine in such a way that your grace and your light shine through our words, our actions, our attitude, the things we say, the things we do. And thank you, Lord, for how that even in the giving of gifts, Lord, Guide us, Lord, in selecting gifts that will bless and point people to Christ, gifts that will somehow or another minister to them and encourage them. Help us to be wise enough to place gospel tracts and discipleship tracts inside gifts wisely and strategically as you would guide us by your Spirit. And help us to make the most of every opportunity to be about the work of your kingdom during this Christmas season. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, we do appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Today, we're looking specifically at the topic of discipling our children and youth during the Christmas season. Again, discipling our children and youth during the Christmas season. And you know, the the Christmas narratives as, as found in the Word of God are so important. Now, you know, uh, narrative is sort of a fancy word for stories, but now I want to make this point you know, the, you can call them the Christmas narratives, the Christmas stories, uh, the Christmas accounts. Whatever word you use, uh, again, they're, they're different words that you can use. Sometimes, you know, when you use the word story, people so, may sort of think, well, it wasn't true. Well, again, that's not really true at all because some stories obviously are fiction. They're not true. And some stories are nonfiction. They're very true. But the word story sometimes can throw you. So if it's more fruitful in the context where you're in to use the word the Christmas account or the Christmas narratives, whatever word is most helpful for you, prayerfully use that word. But our goal is to, our goal is to help people understand that without question, the wonderful account of Christmas really did happen. Every word, every detail is true. And so they're found in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2 as well. And so... As we begin our time uh, listening specifically or kind of focusing on that topic, discipling our children and youth during the Christmas season, we're going to listen to some children 
as they read the Word of God. And to begin with, our first one is a young lady by the name of Audrey. I believe she was six years old when she recorded this for us, though, but she's going to read a scripture for us at this time. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. All right, again, that was Audrey specifically reading Luke 2, verse 11. And, you know, as young as she was, uh, she shared that scripture. And keep in mind, just the fact that you're hearing her beautiful voice as she shares the scripture is a reminder that. Again, it's a wonderful thing to have children read the Christmas accounts from the Word of God. And it's a wonderful thing for them to be able to read and share it with other people as well. So next we're going to listen to Kate. Kate is Audrey's older sister. Kate was eight eight years old when she shared this. And she's going to read for us Luke 2, 1 to 21. Dear Father, we thank you for this time. That a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This, since this first took place, while Corinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. Now they were in the same country, separate living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good tidings of great joy which will be to all people. For there was born to you this day in the sea of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And when eight days were completed for the circumstance of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Luke 2, 
All right, again, a beautiful reading from Kate, who I believe she was eight years old when she recorded that for us. And again, a few things are quite like the beauty of the voice of a child reading the powerful and wonderful Word of God. And of course, especially the reading of the Christmas accounts found in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have as parents and grandparents to teach and train and guide our children to read your word on a daily basis. And Father, during the Christmas season, thank you for the opportunity for us to have and to guide and to encourage our children to read the wonderful Christmas accounts found in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2 through possibly many times throughout the Christmas season. And Lord, thank you for the fact that there's great blessing in doing that, great fruit that will be produced in the hearts and the lives of children who simply take time to read and meditate on your word. Help us, Lord, to be courageous and wise parents who are wise enough to help our children get into your word and to feed on your word and to steer them away from negative things which pour darkness and trouble and uh, negative things into the minds and hearts of their children. Help us to be wise enough to not let them loose with cell phones and iPads that have internet access whereby they can uh, get access to things that as young children they have no business connecting with or uh, plugging into. Help us to know, Lord, that the world is so different from the way it was a few years ago and the distractions are all over the place. Help us to recognize that Satan has devised many distractions to keep us away from your word and to get us looking at the world, the philosophies, and the perspectives of the world. Help us as parents to be wise enough to understand that one of the high priorities you give us as the church and as parents is to disciple our children, to help them to come to know Christ and then to help them to grow up in their faith. Help us to be faithful, to teach and train them to be diligent students of your word. Help us to be wise enough and diligent enough to teach and train them to pray. And help us to be wise enough and diligent enough to teach them to run after Jesus every day of their lives. We thank you and praise you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're today looking at the topic, Discipling Our Children and Youth During the Christmas Season. We'll be right back.
music from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Children's Choir with Happy Birthday, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Today we're looking at the topic, Discipling Our Children and Youth During the Christmas Season. And uh, we're going to take the time to hear one more young person, a young man by the name of Nicholas, who I believe he was 10 years old when he read for us. And he's going to read for us from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his son in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by the prophet. He shall be called a Nazarene. All right, a beautiful reading of Matthew chapter 2 by a young man by the name of Nicholas, a 10-year-old young man who is an excellent reader. 
You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as today we're looking at the topic, Discipling Our Children and Youth During the Christmas Season. And let me say, just in the way of encouragement, uh, I'm about to take time to share an article that I wrote that we placed on the AFA stand. The article is entitled, A Grandparent's Christmas Discipleship Project. And I've shared it on other broadcasts. going to share it again today. But I want to say, too, this is actually a good project for parents as well as grandparents to do. Actually, if you divide the Christmas accounts, which is, again, Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2, you could you could divide them into reading segments of about or 23 verses or so for each reading and have eight different reading sessions, okay? And so that's more or less what this project is about. But we want to encourage parents to prayerfully consider doing the same kind of thing. Now, of course, remember... When we share the uh, insight and the suggestions in the article, remember, you can take them and adjust them however you feel led of the Lord to do so. Don't feel like you have to stick to the specific directions as prescribed in the article. But at the same time, doing it the way it's prescribed in the article, that can be a pretty fun as well as fruitful way to do it as well. So the title of this article, again, is A Grandparent's Christmas Discipleship Project. Luke 2, 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Again, Luke 2, 11. Then Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 3. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over, to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 to 3. How encouraging, uplifting, and inspiring it is for believers to take time to read, meditate, and think about the beautiful, glorious, and grace-filled narratives we know as the Christmas stories. They are found in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2. What a great tragedy it is that so many children have never read the Christmas narratives or Christmas stories themselves. Here is a project specifically for grandparents during the Christmas season. And, of course, as a side note, it's a project that parents can do, obviously, as well as grandparents. Let each of your grandchildren know that you'd like for them to do the following for you. Call you every day for eight days during Advent or the month of December. And during each call, read a part of the Christmas narratives out loud. Here's one possible reading plan you could use. For children who are eight years old or older, having them read on day one, Matthew chapter 1, day 2, Matthew chapter 2, day 3, Luke 1 to 20, the next day, Luke 1, 21 to 37, the next day, Luke 1, 38 to 56, the following day, Luke 1, 57 to 80, the next day, Luke 2, 1 to 20, the next day, Luke 2, 21 to 38, and the final day, Luke 2, 39 to 52. For children younger than eight, you might simply have them read shorter passages that you select from these same chapters in Matthew and Luke. Or you may even choose to have them read the same passage each time they read for you. That's entirely up to you. 
Let them know that you'll give them $1, $5, or whatever figure you prayerfully come up with each time they call you up and read for you. For many, for many a grandchild that, that isn't particularly motivated to read, the money prize has a strange way of suddenly causing them to all of a sudden become highly motivated to read for granddad or grandma. Why is a project like this such a fruitful one? Allow me to share with you several reasons. Number one, the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. Number two, when our children and grandchildren read the Word of God, they're spending time listening to and fellowshipping with Jesus. And for many a child, a grandparent doing this kind of project may be the only person in his or her life that is having them to read the Word of God out loud for them. Number three, there's nothing in all the world that will bless and nourish the lives of our children and grandchildren more than the powerful Word of God. And number four, grandparents can have one more excuse to call and spend time talking with their grandchildren. After they begin this reading project, I'd suggest you begin to mail the prize prize money the same day that they start reading for you. And of course, obviously, you could do it through Cash App or some other means as well. One way to do this is to see to it that you mail eight checks made out to your grandchild eight different times. Why do it this way instead of sending one check at the end of the project? Well, let me explain why that's important. Your grandchild will receive eight different gifts instead of just one. And receiving each gift slash reward can increase the excitement for the grandchild and their anticipation of getting the next one. Picture your grandchild saying, Mom, did the mail come yet? Grandmother is sending me some money today for reading about Christmas. Imagine the grandchild opening the envelope and saying, Here's my money from Granddad. He must think reading about, reading about Jesus and Christmas is pretty important to pay me to do it. And imagine your grandchild doing this for eight days coming up to Christmas, getting more excited about getting their mail the very next day as well. Obviously, the great blessing to our grandchildren is not the money. It's having the eternal Word of God planted in his or her heart and mind. Every grandparent can choose to do this project however they want to. You can certainly adjust the details however you wish or need to. That's entirely up to you. This is simply a fun way to carry out a Christmas discipleship project that can have eternal fruit in the lives of your grandchildren. What do you say, grandparents? Are our grandchildren worth the fruitful and fun effort? Sure they are. Again, the title of the article, A Grandparent's Christmas Discipleship Project. Father, thank you for every parent, every grandparent listening, and thank you for the opportunity you're giving to each and every one of us to do the work of discipleship, not just during the Christmas season, but all year long. Lord, more and more, stir us. Fill us anew with your Spirit and stir us to recognize, Lord, that Without question, this can be a fun project, but at the same time, help us to see what a serious project it really is. Help us to recognize that we live in a world that is trying to eat our children alive, to swallow them in darkness, and to pour all sorts of toxic, dark things into their minds and their hearts through the internet, through cell phones, through iPads, through all sorts of devices, and too many of our children are addicted to all sorts of electronic media. Help us to be wise enough to steer them to Jesus Christ, to the Word of God, and help help us to be wise enough to help them establish the habits of reading your precious Word every single day. Help us to be faithful enough to model before them the life 
a life of prayer and help us to teach and train them to pray as well. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. Father, thank you for the church as a whole. Thank you for your hand of grace upon us. Flood the church with the spirit of revival, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Help us to recognize, Lord, that we've fallen short in so many ways. Often, we've not sought to evangelize our children nearly like we should. Often, we've not done the work of discipling our children nearly as faithfully and and deeply as we should. And often, we've not modeled a life of genuine Christian faith before our children nearly like we've needed to. Lord, we've sinned in these and so many other ways. We confess these to you, Father. By faith, we repent of them. Forgive us, Lord. And Lord, Pour out afresh upon us your Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of discipleship. Teach us to be discipleship-minded in our life and our lifestyles in order to be faithful disciples ourselves, faithful disciples ourselves, but help us to be living a lifestyle where we're continually, as a lifestyle, discipling our children so that they can grow up to become vibrant, strong in the faith, men and women of God, who will live for your glory and the building of your kingdom. We thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, the title of that article, if you'd like to get a copy, is entitled, A Grandparent's Christmas Discipleship Project. We'll be glad to get it to you. My email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'll be right back.
Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Oh, you can come adore on bending knees, lay your burden at His feet of Christ the Lord. Casting crowns with Gloria. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, discipling our children and youth during the Christmas season. And our encouragement to every uh, parent, grandparent listening, and those that work with young people, make the most, maximize your time in using the Christmas season as a wonderful time of discipleship. And a big part of it really is, should be is it's wise for us to make a big part of it the reading and discussing of the christmas narratives found in matthew chapters one and two and luke chapters one and two why is that true because for so many children if you ask them what christmas is all about many of them will mention they might mention the presents and the lights and many other things the trees but they may not mention jesus and the Christmas accounts as found in the Word of God let you know it's all about Jesus. Jesus is Christmas, and he's the in- entirely what it's about. And so having them to read these accounts for themselves and to understand that they're very true stories which affect them even this day is such a wise thing to do. So taking time to read and talk about them, discuss them, have Bible studies about them, develop quizzes around them because, again, it helps draw children into the stories of Christmas. Hope that you will take the time to do that. I want to share another article that's a reminder of why it's important for us to have children read. Now, obviously, reading the Christmas accounts in Matthew's chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2, but well, obviously, beyond the Christmas season, having them simply to read the Word of God, period, is so productive because when our children are reading the Word of God or when we're reading the Word of God, it's one-on-one time with Jesus. You're spending time with Jesus. Jesus is ministering to your mind, body, and spirit. This article is entitled, Children Who Read the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Then 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Again, 1 Timothy 4, verse 13. Then Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Then Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. 
You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Again, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 9. Many parents have never encouraged their children to read the Word of God out loud. It has simply not been a priority, often like it should be. Christian parents often take their children to Sunday school and church, and that's a great thing. That's a very wise thing to do. But sadly, having their children read the Word of God out loud to them every day, along with church attendance, is just not been too important to too many parents. Allow me to make a case for why it would be very wise to change this reality. Consider this important question and the answers to it. What happens when a child reads the Word of God? What takes place in the life of a young person who is faithfully taking time to read God's Word every single day? Number one, that child is spending time with Jesus. He or she is spending time interacting with Jesus as they take time to read His powerful Word. That child is spending time listening to the wisdom, grace, power, and insight of the Creator of the universe. See John 1, 1, John 6, 63, and Romans 12, 1, and 2. What more productive activity could your child possibly be doing? Number two, that young person is receiving the most powerful, life-changing, and uplifting insight in all of the universe. The transforming power of the Word of God is working on the mind and heart of this young person. The Word of God is impacting this youth in many very fruitful ways, Romans 12, 1 and 2, and Proverbs chapters 1 and chapter 2. And number three, this youth is spending time in the presence of Christ and God. And when any person spends time in the presence of God, he or she will not be the same on the other side of that time, John chapter 1, verse 1. Researchers at the Center for Bible Engagement found some interesting insights about the importance of and the place of reading Scripture in the life of a believer. According to their research, the life of someone who engages and spends time in Scripture four or more times a week looks radically different from the life of someone who does not. They discovered that the lives of believers who do not engage the Bible most days of the week, that is, three days or less, are statistically the same as the lives of unbelievers. Spending time reading and meditating on Scripture daily is much more important than so many really grasp. So parents, if you begin the family habit of having your child read the Word of God out loud to you daily, great things can happen, great things can begin to happen in your child's heart. Why is this important for your child to read out loud to you, the parent? Because you know for sure that he or she has spent that time reading the Word of God. Sometimes a parent may tell a child, Go read your Bible. Maybe the child will. Maybe he or she will not. Our children are human beings. And as much as we'd like to think our children do what we tell them, that's not always the case. When you make time each day to have them read the Word of God out loud to you, you can know this for a fact. You know that they've spent time reading the Word of God that day and thus spent time planting God's powerful Word into their hearts and lives on that given day. Children and youth today are filling their minds with something. Sadly, too often it's been darkness, toxic, toxic information, and wicked worldly thinking and perspectives through the Internet, through cell phones, through iPads, and the like. Too many youths have filled their minds with pornography, 
online garbage, demonic insights from dark movies and TV shows, horror movies, etc. And too many youth spend hours playing dark video games and doing things online that are very negative spiritually, mentally, and otherwise. The blessed Word of God is pure light. There's absolutely nothing better for our children spiritually, mentally, and emotionally than the Word of God. We're told in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Word of God heals all, the Word of God heals all the ills of life. The Word of God is pregnant with the ability to bless us. The transforming power of God's Word is undeniable. It is powerful and it's mighty in every way for good. Beginning the habit of having your child read God's Word out loud to you daily is very fruitful. It's a great way to help focus the power of God's Word into and onto their lives and into the lives of our children. The goal of having them read three chapters out loud to you is a very good goal for any parent to shoot for. Today is a great day to start this family discipleship goal with your children, and it will help to produce eternal fruit in their lives. Again, the title of that article, Children Who Read the Word of God. So once again, during this Christmas season, we're encouraging and challenging every parent, every grandparent, uncles, aunts, and Ministers who work with children and youth, make it your goal to help children get into the Word of God, reading the Christmas accounts found in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapters 1 and 2, reading portions of them, reading all of them, and allowing these powerful accounts to minister to their minds, their hearts, their lives. Hope that you will take the time to do that and carry out the important discipleship that happens as you do just that. Thank you, Father, for every parent listening. Thank you for every grandparent listening. Thank you for every person that works with young people, youths, ministers, and otherwise. Anoint us all afresh with the spirit of wisdom and grace that would stir us to be diligent to disciple our children, helping to fill their hearts, their minds, their lives with the precious, powerful, and life-giving word. Help us to know, Lord, that there's nothing better in all the world for any and all of us than your precious and powerful word. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. As we usually do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you know that you have never in your life made the eternally important decision of asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be your Lord and Savior, today is a wonderful day to be saved. Today is a wonderful day to make that decision, to fully commit your heart and give your heart and life wholly over to Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply, from your heart, pray this prayer with me even now. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. 
Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live my whole life for you. Help me to read your word daily. Help me to pray daily. Help me to follow you every day and obey you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. My email is joseph at afr.net. We very much want to be in touch with you, to communicate with you. If you've prayed and committed your heart to the Lord, we want to share with you some literature and resources that will help you to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope to hear from you. Once again, my email, joseph at afr.net. We hope to hear from you. Again, if you'd like to get copies of any of the articles that we shared, again, the, the article Christmas Uh, Again, children who read the Word of God and each of the articles we shared, same email. Just email us. Let us know you want one or all of the articles that we shared. We'll be glad to get them to you. Again, joseph at AFR.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.